Online dog training comes with its own list of pros and cons from navigating who you should be listening to and knowing what is something that you can learn online versus what requires face-to-face training for your dog. Heidi from Dogmanship Training joins us on the Therapy Dogs Australia podcast today to weigh in on this discussion. Having worked extensively in the dog training industry, Heidi saw an opportunity to create training courses online in an effort to reach a greater number of dog owners in need of advice. Years later, we now have the privilege of hearing her perspective around online dog training and how it's helped so many people create a better life for their dog. Strap yourselves in and enjoy. All right, welcome to another episode with the Therapy Dogs Australia podcast. Today we've got Heidi from Dogmanship Training. How are you, Heidi? I'm great. Thank you for having me. Oh, good to see you, Heidi. Yeah, yeah. good to have you on. It's nice to see your faces. Instead <laughs> 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 of emails, yeah. <laughs> so today we're going to discuss some of the pros and cons to online date. Uh, online dating. <laughs> We should discuss I'm that. Start, I'm going to start that again. I actually have a lot to contribute I don't, I don't to know that. that I'm, going to be much use, but I'm still curious. <laughs> we're going to start that again. So, <laughs> so today we're going to discuss the pros and cons to online dog training. Um, and Heidi, you run online dog training courses, don't you? Yeah, yeah. So I have a program called the Dogmanship Training Academy. Um, so essentially, my biggest goal is to teach dog owners how to teach their dogs. So I find that the online platform is great for that. And my biggest goal is to really help people teach their dogs to be well behaved in all their usual life situations so that they can actually really have them as part of their life and family instead of sort of being pushed to the outskirts because of their behaviours a little bit. So, yeah. Yeah, of course. I mean, that's what we all want. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. That's it. And that's the thing when most people get a dog and bring a dog home, you know, their goal is that they have all of these images in their head of having these great family times, their dogs being able to hang out with their kids and go for walks at the beach and all of that sort of stuff. Um, But very often it ends up not being the case and um, slowly, slowly the dog gets less freedom and less time with the family Mm. because those behaviours creep in. Yeah. 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 And we see them, you know, they're locked outside because they can't be inside because of their behaviour and then the frustration that builds and a bit of boredom and, you know, loneliness and then we get, you know, destructive behaviours and things like that. It just spirals. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I call it the freedom stairs because it's like you've got like at the top of your staircase you've got like this ultimate freedom of, you know, they can be a part of your family and go on adventures with you and be off lead and do all that stuff. And at the bottom of the stairs it's like, the dog is literally in the backyard because you cannot even do anything with them. But when you start adding in training, it might be just doing a small amount of training, like teaching your dog to stay on their bed. And then all of a sudden they get one step closer to that freedom because they can be inside with you. And then you start working on loose lead walking and all of a sudden they get to go out again and you sort of can creep up that stairs. It doesn't have to sort of be all or nothing at the start. Those little things that you can do make such a big difference in the dog's mm. overall well-being and therefore everybody in the house really. 
Mm, yeah. And when you break it down like that, I feel like it makes it way more manageable for people to go, okay, just focus on the one. Yeah, absolutely. And also because yeah. it can feel so overwhelming like most people will contact me because their dog's like being reactive on walks or you know bowling the kids over or whatever it might be and it can feel like a big leap from where they are now to having like I'm like oh no your dog will be able to walk past and you know be okay and come inside and lay on their bed and they're like as if you know like that's not gonna happen feels like (laughs) such like a, a pie in the sky kind of goal Um, But I think when you sort of just look at those little things and take the little steps, it also keeps you motivated and gives you something to be like, all right, even if we just do one thing, we're going to make a big difference. It's going to make our lives Mm. easier and our dog's lives better, which is usually why most people contact me is because their life is hard and their dog's life is not fun. And so so that's why they get in touch. Yeah, we definitely see like once you've taught the first thing, the next thing so much easier and the next thing and the next thing because we've now through teaching this first thing like we always try and start with something easy yeah and then you know you've got the skills then from that and we just generalize those skills to the next activity and the next activity and the next activity and the dogs just get it yeah they just get it they do yeah i mean once you've got a language that you know you can just apply that to the next thing it's not like starting from scratch all over again um and i think too for a lot of it, like my job is like 5% training dogs and 95% training people. And so I think once people can wrap their heads around how it works, they can, and they've seen it happen one time, they can start going, oh, like now I see how I would apply that same thing to when my dog jumps up or runs out the gate or whatever it might be. And they can start to generalize how they're going to do it and sort of see ahead, which is usually like by the time, so in the Dogmanship Training Academy, we have the Good Dog Blueprint, which is like the step-by-step. So they go through four phases as they're training their dog so that they're not sort of too overwhelmed and so that their dog's like they're getting that sort of snowball, right? They're getting that effect of it and not sort of jumping. Because what people tend to do is jump straight into the behaviour problem solving without having any foundation. And so we start off working on those sorts of things. But I think that when people really come in and they sort of start working on say sit or drop or something like that they start to sort of be like this isn't really what I'm here for <laughs> you know like yeah. this isn't really <laughs> what I signed up for um yeah but then start to see that progression and start to see how that if they have that language by the end of say phase two I want them to sort of be able to look at a behavior and be like I think I know how to fix that without even watching the video you know like I've got an idea of what I would do Um, yeah yeah so that's sort of essentially and I think too um the one of the biggest issues with dog training or how people approach dog training is really that people do jump in and try and solve the problem from the get-go um you know like the first thing they do is like my dog's reactive on lead so I want a trainer to come over and go for a walk with me right now and show me how to fix it on the lead when realistically, if you work on, like, that's just a symptom of the underlying mm. problem. If you deal with that first, everything else becomes easier. We see that all the time. Yeah. When, when, when we do our courses, so whether someone does an intensive, which is four or five days in a row, or f- the typical, which is four or five weeks mm-hmm. of one day a week, by the end of the course, and we're not problem solving, so we don't deal with problem behaviours in the course. If people need help with problem behaviours, we do that outside of the course but I mean we touch on stuff you know like mouthing and stuff like that that's really important that we need to get sorted and so easy to do but um 
why the time they get so we do we do sit drop uh loose lead walking recall on the mat and impulse control i think that's it it's such a small selection of um skills like manners and skills combined but by the end of the course even the one that i just i just finished one last week that was an intensive every single person in the course was like my dog is a totally different dog Mm on Friday afternoon to what they were at 8.55 a.m. on Monday morning. And that's just from teaching across five days of basic stuff. Sometimes I'll get an email from somebody like two days after they've joined up for the online program because they can join it any time. And they will say like already I've noticed such a shift in my dogs, like just how they're being around me, you know, like just their general demeanour and our relationship and all of that sort of stuff. Or they'll say something, and this is so common, they've been working on like sit or something like that. And then they'll say, but we've been working on sit, but our real problem was that he was stealing food or he was doing this and that. And all of a sudden Mm. he stopped doing that. And it's like you change that relationship um, and everything else shifts, like it changes. And that's it because if you're training a command in a way that's not just a trick, it's actually working on their mindset and working on their whole, their outlook on how they see you and the world, then of course that's going to shift everything else. You know, like it's not, nothing you do with your dog is an individual thing. Everything impacts everything. And so when you make those changes, of course, something else is going to shift as well. I actually found that it was so interesting. I have a 10 month old Grudel. And so we've been on quite the training journey together as well, which has been fantastic. He's amazing. But um, one thing that I, I was doing differently, I got him around the time I started working for therapy dogs as well. So I had like huge amount of support there, (laughs) but understanding the psychology is like the biggest game changer when it comes to training, because he had um, a resource guarding. um, He was, yeah, he, he, it was quite um, intense as a three-month-old yep. puppy and understanding what his mindset was around that completely shifted everything. Mm. And I, I understand how so many people that just don't know any different would assume he's, you know, being bad or mm. spiteful or mean or, you know, all of those terms that can really, oh, set you back in terms of your training because you've already labelled this dog That's and right. not understood <laughs> what the actual yeah. psychology was behind that behavior mm-hmm. so you're and not coming impact... at it with the right approach you're not coming at it with compassion yeah. or with the right understanding or how to approach it yeah um, so that was say, huge Max. with him he's so much better now yeah like dramatically better yeah it's incredible yeah when you use words like that or you know you've been so people that have had you know they might have had a dog 10 years ago or whatever when you're using words like that to describe your dog's behavior, it just has such an impact on your view of the dog and your relationship with the dog. You're going to get angry at them. Yeah. You're going to be mm-hmm. frustrated. And, and people... hopeless. Like if you've told yourself yep. my dog is a, yep. is a lost cause, what's the point of trying? You know, like if you've told exactly. yourself that and so people just give up without even doing anything because you've talked yourself out of it before even trying. And mm. unfortunately, some dog trainers are saying it. Mm. So some dog trainers are the ones that are saying if you've got a three-month-old Grudel that's resource guarding, you're in big trouble. Yeah. You need to do, you know, you need to buy all this training. You're like, you need to do da 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 yeah. And really freaking people out and, like, using a lot of mm. fear and stress yeah. to try and get people to engage yeah. in training. Absolutely. Which 
it really impacts the relationship that the owner has with the yeah, dog. And it's so and it's demotivating. Like, that's not motivation. So demotivating. Like that's not inspiring somebody to change. Like if I heard of a three month old Grudel who's resource guarding in my head, I'm going to be like, well, we need to do something about that. Like now, but saying like freaking somebody out about it yeah. is not going to be motivating for somebody to do something about it. You've really yeah. got to, you know, talk to them about but what in a month's what if in a month's time it looks like this if you do this work in yes. a month's time it looks like this would you do the work you know like would you put in yeah. the hours because most people are like of course you know like if that's the end yeah. result then definitely mm. um one of the first yeah. activities when we when people sign up for the academy is a goal setting video and we talk a lot about oh, like great. um having your because because as I said everybody comes in with their pie in the sky goals and so we talk about like having a big goal like it might be I just want to be able to walk my dog down the street without them barking at lunging every time they see something going past and so we're like great that's your big goal then we start breaking it down so we go all right that's your big doll goal why do you want to do that what will it make how will it change your life how will it change your dog's life mm. how will that feel when you've got that and then what are you going to do this week and we so we break it down into sort of steps and then what are you going to do this week and today that doesn't necessarily solve that problem yet but gets you a step closer because for most people they are thinking about that and they're trying to like it's amazing because i can see from the academy who watches what videos when and it's funny because oftentimes people who have a dog like that will come in and i see them go straight to like facebook and, you know, they're, like, they're watching the facebook videos um because they're like i, I know my problems there can i just quickly duck in but then it's very interesting because then once i watch that it's like they're like oh I don't have the, the tools necessary to do that now, you know, like I don't have the language necessary to do that yet. And so then they start to go back and see how it they need to do this step by step. And that doesn't mean that it takes a long time. It just means that it's more efficient. You know, we're going to get there much quicker. There's a great um, yeah. a, a horsemanship quote that's something like, you know, take the time it takes and slow down to go faster, essentially. Yeah. And that's just yeah. so important. Like if you can just slow down take a step back and I think people feel like a failure if they have to work on sit you know or work on drop and things like that because that's the, the foundation but then if you get that right you accelerate the entire process well it's like I learning a language well. you yeah. start with yeah. learning hello how are you yeah. like the basics of the vocabulary yeah. it's the same thing with dogs yeah. like you're creating that vocabulary together yeah absolutely so you can't you can't just go from zero to 100 yeah. they're not going to know what you're and talking on the about. labels too you know yeah. like so many people call their dog stupid or dumb or whatever it mm. might be like if you see somebody my dog can't do that my dog's dumb like how many times do I sit with my dogs at a cafe and I was like there's no way my dog can do that my dog's too stupid I'm like he's literally lying down like does your dog not know how to lie down like is that not a, <laughs> a good capability for them like you know like they can do it um and so, yeah, so I think that that's a huge thing that people put on their dogs too is, you know, and they're just not, they're not communicating mm. to them properly. They're not dumb. Yeah, that's it. the thought I just had is that that is actually sad that mm. what that really probably says is that I haven't figured out how to communicate with my dog and so my dog we don't communicate mm. so I don't, 
I don't know what they know and they don't know what yeah, I know. So I'm just going to put and my hands up and be like, they don't know anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It must be, that must be that the dog is stupid, but really there's a, a breakdown in communication and that's sad because yeah. that's a huge impact on your human animal bond. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And it really limits, um, you know, what you will even try. And I think that's the biggest thing is that if you put those labels on them and then you see somebody, a, a, a local trainer or somebody online or whatever, who says they have a solution for you, you kind of automatically block it because you're you're mm. thinking in your head, well, that's great for their dog, but my dog yeah. won't do that. You know, my dog's yeah. not capable of that. So, yeah, I think that's huge. When we look at the research around pet ownership, there's so many benefits to humans to be around dogs, but those benefits aren't possible if you're not getting them, if you're arguing with your dog all the time, you're frustrated at them, you're angry because they've ripped your drywall out, you know, you, yeah. you get stressed every time you're walking them, they're reactive so you actually can't. So the social lubricant effect of going out and walking your dog and then you, you know, run into other people and have a chat and someone says hello and all that sort of stuff, That those are all like all your cardiovascular health, all those things are all impacted by that. That's what the research has shown for a long time. We all know that, but you're not getting that. If you're going for a walk every time and you're stressed out of your mind and your dog's going off at everything, like you, you're not getting a social lubricant effect. You're getting, you know, (laughs) everyone hates you and you're embarrassed and you're going to, you know, that, and then imagine your dog who's now, you know, already dysregulated, but now you're dysregulating because you're out in this stressful situation and things like that. It's only going to dysregulate the dog further and there's no one, there's no chance for anyone to I calm down so and come back. Um, you know, seeing, you know, especially on social media, everybody's quotes about like uh, how great are dogs for our lifestyle and the, my dog is my relaxation and pat a dog for five seconds a day or blah, blah, blah. And I mean, fantastic. I absolutely feel like I get all those benefits from my dogs. But from my point of view, like, majority of people I come into contact with who are dog owners are not really getting that. Not getting they're it. getting frustration, yeah. they're getting stress, yeah. anxiety, you know, all of that because it's really difficult for them to own a dog. It's really difficult mm. for them to do anything with their dog. Um, and yeah. guilt, like huge amounts of yeah. guilt because Heaps they guilt. Don't, guilt. Yeah, yeah. They want to, they know what their dog needs. They know their dog needs to be walked, but the thought of taking them for a walk is just terrifying for some people. Yeah. Um, and inconvenient, like they have to get up at, you know, 4 a.m. because they don't want to see yeah. other people or whatever it might be. Um, and so that makes everything 10 times harder for them. Yeah, and then it just gets worse and worse. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yes. So when we look at um, Heidi, you know, online dog training, I know we get a lot of people that ask us, like, how are you training the dogs online? And you've already, like, hit the nail on the head, which is we're training the handlers. (laughs) So especially, you know, what we're doing as well, like, I don't, need to spend that much time on the dog I need a lot of time with the human Mm -hmm. that's the person who's training the dog so we're equipping you with the skills that you need and then we you know help and support them to do that so how did you start online dog training so because it's been a while it has been a while so um it was when my son was born which was 2018 so um so essentially I was before that I was doing private lessons, board and trains, group classes, 
all in person training. Um, and because I had the time to be able to do all of those things, you know, like mm. my life was pretty much just work dogs and that was it. Yeah. Um, and so then I had my babies and we also did fertility treatment. So it was like a long period of time where mm. I couldn't do all of those sorts of things or I didn't feel up to doing all of those sorts of things. Because that stuff knocks you around. Oh, hey? man. <laughs> yeah, it really does. Yeah. yeah. It's a roller coaster. And so then my second child was born in 2018 and I'd already filmed and recorded a lot of online content because a lot of my clients that I'd been working with previously had asked questions or needed help or whatever and they'd I'd sort of been referring them out they weren't really getting help that they wanted or needed and so I was like I'll just start out with this um and then after that I was like talking to people at the park because I'd always be going to the playground with the kids and the dogs and the dogs would just chill out on the side and then we'd go for a walk and they'd walk around off lead or we'd I'd be meeting mum's group at a cafe and I'd just have the dogs with me. I was like, where is everybody else's dogs? You're like, why am <laughs> I the only one here with dogs? What is going on? And um, so, and I knew a lot of these people had dogs, you know, like, and they couldn't, but they couldn't bring them. Like, they were like, there's no mm. way I could handle having my kid and my dog here. I can't do it. And then they can't get to group classes because like trying to wrangle everybody at group classes was going to be too difficult or they didn't want to give up their Sundays because, you know, they wanted to do yeah. other things and night times are not appropriate. Um, all of that sort of stuff was getting in their way. And then private lessons were way out of the budget, you know, like for a lot of people, it's mm. not achievable to be able to do enough private lessons to get the results that they wanted to get. Mm. And so then I was like, all right, we need to do something about this. The other thing was for me, I was like, I haven't been to a group class pretty much since my son was born and he's four because I just can't, you know, like it's just too crazy yeah. to do that. I've got so much yeah. going on with work and yeah. everything else. And I thought there's a lot of people like me who just like, it's not because I'm a dog trainer or because I'm the only one who's busy, like people who don't have kids or whatever, I still got lots of stuff to do and lots of things on and just don't want to do that sort of thing. Um, and so then I was like, right, we need to do this. So um, I launched that a few months later, um, Dog Shoot Training Academy. And it was kind of at the time, because this was way pre-COVID, it was very uncommon. <laughs> like I, I was getting so many people like, how is that even possible? You know, like that's ridiculous. Um, but I knew that it could be done. And also I knew that a lot of times when I'm going to private lessons, I'm literally just saying the same thing on repeat. Like I may as well be a sneaky summer time. So yeah, it's a lot of talking yeah. and communicating yeah, so anyway. Like they can yeah. get this somewhere. Like they don't need me there to learn this. Um, yeah. And so then we did that and it kind of was a bit of an experiment because everyone was questioning me and I was just, you know, oh, this is going to be fine. And so, <laughs> so we did it and it was awesome. So about three months in, I just went like, this is amazing. Everybody was this is working. each other. I could give feedback so easily. One of the biggest yeah. things people were saying was, I love being able to watch the videos on repeat because if yes. you're in a class yes. or if you're in a private lesson and then your dog barks, you turn around yep. and just miss everything that <laughs> just happened. Yeah. Um, and so yep. you can't focus. So being able to watch things on repeat was really helpful. Being able to watch things whenever they want. Like some people are uh, shift workers and so it's just like not practical for them to be able to 
do things at the normal time that other people would have yeah. classes. And so mm-hmm. they would watch them, you know, on the way to work or at lunchtime or whatever, and then apply it when they got home. So it just meant that they could get it when they needed it. Um, and in bite-sized chunks, you know, all the videos are quite easy to digest before you take action. Um, and without fluff, you know, like it wasn't too, I don't go too much into anything. So we've got the phases. We've also got a challenges section, which has heaps of videos on like trick trading or other activities you can try and, you know, things like that. So that if you go through the phases, then you're like, Hey, I want to learn more about this topic, or I want to know something and do something else. You've got extra stuff, but if you Mm -hmm. just want to solve a problem, you get in and you just go through the, the phases. You don't have to do anything else. So without all That's of that so cool. stuff. Um, and so, you know, the first, after three months, somebody said, I love having a dog trainer in my pocket. And I was like, that's exactly what it is. You know, like, it's like having somebody that you can post questions anytime. People will, you know, when you start training or anytime you've got a dog like, or something that you have to care for, you have questions because it's like, mm, at night and you're like, why is he doing that? Like, why is he doing this behavior? What's going on? But they could just post that question and get an answer. So you don't have to wait till the next lesson or next week or pay extra or anything like that to get the support. Um, so that was really huge. So then once that sort of started working um, and I realized that this is actually getting people results, everybody's loving it. It was great. Then it just really took off from there. So good. Yeah. So Heidi, um, can you tell us like who your dogs are? Cause you've yeah. got, I've got two. So I've got two at the moment. Snickers, the Labradoodle, who is 14. Um, so Snickers is the dog that just like, I would not be who I am without Snickers. He really just changed my whole life. So before um, I became a dog trainer, I studied animal science for a year and hated it. Studied teaching for two years and then dropped out. And then started dog training and realized that hang on a minute I get to combine animals and teaching this is awesome um and so that's what I wanted to do um and so then from then it just took off and it was really getting him that sort of started that um because you did dances with dogs and stuff yeah yeah so when he was younger we'd compete um we love he was he's just taught me so much um so he started with him then got Bailey fortunately Bailey we lost um four years ago now um and then Savvy came along who was a foster dog who ended up staying um and so I've got Savvy who's a rottweiler and she's just turned eight um so oh, I've got, she ate oh already <laughs> I've got two seniors and I'm not happy about it no. um yeah so 14 and 8 both have some health issues so not doing heaps with them at the moment which I mean for this stage of my life isn't so bad because it means I can really focus on everybody else's dogs for a while <laughs> which is nice um but yeah so that's where we're so going. but so how old was so Savvy was four when Bailey passed away. Yeah, four-ish. yeah, yeah. About that. I remember seeing, um, like, on your socials, seeing so many at that time in your life, like, you know how you're talking about, like, going to cafes and mm. stuff like that, where you'd have, like, these three large breed dogs walking, <laughs> like, loosely walking beside a pram with kids yeah. and, like, they were constantly like there's all there's videos and photos of Heidi's dogs just doing exactly what she's talking about just absolutely then exactly what we how we started this conversation just talking about those dogs were so included mm. in in life like they were just so much a part and they you know obviously Snickers and Savvy still are so much a part yeah. of 
of your life. Yeah, absolutely. Guys, we, I mean, we traveled Australia for a year. I was going to say, you guys traveled as us. well. Yeah. I mean, they do uh, like pretty much everything with us. Um, and that's not, you know, um, Snickers is very much a kind of dog who will just like, it being pretty much okay with everything. We did a lot of the right things when he was a pup. And, you know, like, I think it's partly just who he is, but he just loves yeah. everything, everyone. Not like a bomb could go off and he'd be like, oh, yeah, cool, whatever, you know, problems. And so he's very relaxed about those sorts of things. Savvy, on the other hand, we got Savvy at about five months old-ish um, and she was a nervous nally from the, from the get-go. I think it's probably, well, it's definitely a lot to do with what happened in her puppyhood, um, but also I think it may just be a bit of who she is as well. Was she a board and train for you initially? Was she, were you no. helping someone with her? Or? She was, I went to somebody's house for a private lesson that was more of an assessment because yeah. um, essentially she was her, a handful. Yeah, and we'll know her, um, the, uh, her daughter had left her with this puppy and she was an oh. older lady who had <laughs> older Rottweilers and the older Rottweilers were not impressed with Savvy being there and were trying to attack her all the time. Oh, and so she was yeah. quite stressed and anxious and the lady was stressed and anxious and so then we sat down and talked about because she was like how am I going to fix this and I was like I don't know if this is going to be a manage a safely managed environment given that it's just yeah. you and she was an elderly lady um with three dogs that would have been mm-hmm. like probably over 120 kilos all up with the adult dogs alone I was like maybe this isn't ideal right now and she didn't even really want this puppy, you know, or the dog yeah. had just been sort of dumped on her. And so then I said, I can foster her and find a home for you if you like that would be more suitable. And she was really relieved. And so we did that. Um, and then we fell in love with her. Um, and so, well, when it was funny because the first, because it was my, it was like my second day of being self-employed. So um, like started my business, second day on the job and I bring home this dog. And my husband's like, are you husband. kidding me? Like, is that <laughs> And, and it was so funny because she was so classic. She used to absolutely hate the car. And she was so classic that when she got home, we were both covered in spew. So I'm standing there and he gets home. Oh I'm in my towel with this puppy in my hands like, hi. <laughs> 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 this is going well. Yeah. <laughs> so you know that money I made? Well, that's gone. Um, <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, so that was a good start. Um, but, yeah, so so good. we fostered a lot of dogs, but yeah for some reason um she just stuck with but I was going through a bit of a tough time again with the uh, fertility stuff and everything and so I think we kind of bonded quite closely because of that and I actually I think that me going through that did impact her somewhat too because um you know she's she wasn't the most confident or um a sort of outgoing pup um and she's still not um but she like she was very in tune for me from the get go, and I and I was very in tune with her from the get go, and I think that we kind of both needed each other at that point, and so she sort of stuck. So yeah, that's so special. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's a she's a lucky girl. girl. She's beautiful. On the right, and hand. I. I know it's sad um, to talk about Bailey, but I think it's worth um, mentioning as well that when. I think he he was seven, wasn't he? Was he seven? Yes. He pa- yeah, seven. Away? Yeah, yeah. So he, um, he was just, 
the most lovable goofball. Like he really taught me a lot about. It was a goldie, wasn't he? Golden Retriever, oh. just just accepting like th- this is who they are. Because Snickers was quite like if Snickers was a person, he'd be a real overachiever. You know, like he's real. Um, he's, he's really <laughs> the uh, golden child. Yeah, and he's really like if if I was training, he would be like, "Game on! What are we doing next? Come on, let's go, let's go! Next thing, next thing, next thing!" You know, like really keen to do it. And Bailey was lovable, and like he would do something if he if you asked him to. But like trick training and stuff, he was like, "Yeah, right, we'll give it a crack." You know, like. <laughs> and he did like one or two and he's like can we nap like are we done what's going on here um, I'm and so he kind of taught me a lot of just about finding the right dog for the right job you know like and and he was so we did a little bit of um work visiting nursing homes with him and things like that because that was his jam you know like he didn't want to be yeah. doing performances he wanted to just be going around and loving and he had like this special knack for just sort of seeking out people who needed him like i remember being in this big group setting um and there were all these people around us and he like weaved through people and beeline to this person which is unlike bailey because he doesn't go very fast many places and so he beeline for this lady and she just like started crying and like snuggling him to him and he just put his feet up on her like he just knew like he was very aware of where he was needed and wanted and that was him whereas Snickers was like right who's got something for me to do (laughs) what are we doing next (laughs) Um, and like just different personalities and Savvy again like I mean I love her to, to death but a lot of my job at the moment is working with um dogs with some sort of aggression issue and that's very difficult for savvy like she will it's Mm. it's draining for savvy to do anything like that and so she's not ideal for that job and so i think it's like bailey really helped me learn that you can't Mm. force personality you know like they Mm. are who they are and you can teach behaviors and you can work on problems and things like that but what they love is what they love yep yep when Mm. they um have such a full life you know like it's sad because he got sick and you know he was lost way too early but he had such a full life and I just want to point to that for anyone that's listening who's thinking because what what I'm coming across sometimes is people that aren't ready they're in that sort of pre-contemplative stage where they're not ready to change and they're not ready to address their dog's stuff Mm. Um, because they've built their life around it. Yeah. So they have built ways to accommodate for the dog's issues that they've got. And they might be thinking, yeah, I don't need to walk my dog though because I just do um, food puzzles for enrichment yeah. and play with the ball. Or, yeah, it's okay because, you know, it's reactive and blah, 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 blah. And, but I just walk at 4 a.m. Or, you know, oh, yeah, they are a bit funny about, like, they won't get off the couch when I tell them to get off the couch or, oh, yeah, we, they just live outside now because of this or, oh, they live inside and I basically just do whatever my cavoodle tells me to do because <laughs> yeah. it just barks at me incessantly mm-hmm. um, until I do it or until I let it do whatever it's trying to do. We do sometimes, I do pre-course consults and I do sometimes get, um, they come across these people who just, even though, you know, we've got a lot of tools and skills to help address that stuff, they're just not ready because I think mm-hmm. that the human animal bond that they've developed with their dogs is very much a it's it's a bit of an anxious attachment mm-hmm. where it's like uh, there's a bit of a codependency where it's like yeah but I just want the dog to like me yes. um mm-hmm. and I don't I don't want to upset the dog and I don't want 
you know, because I love it and I want it to love me. Yes. But to those people, I really want to um, point out that when you, like Heidi has talked about, when you address these things and you work with your dogs on this stuff, A, it's not even that difficult. B, the freedom that your dog gets, it's, you, they're not going to live forever. They're not going to live forever. Yeah. And, you know, very quickly and we've got such a skew with version a skew if it's such a must be got such a skew with version (laughs) of um what love is when it comes to our dogs because if we had a human in our home treating us like that we would say that is a toxic relationship like get Mm -hmm. out you know there's something this has to give here and but with our dogs we see that as love and that's something that needs to shift like we don't really understand um, that that a lot of the people are living with dogs who are what if it was a human we would consider abusive you know like we would consider yeah and both ways like you know like vice yeah. versa without intending to with the best intentions people can be inadvertently abusing their dogs mm. you know like with food and with all this other stuff you know there's, yes there's a lot Big of one. that happening and so I think rethinking what loves for our dogs really means and what they value um is really important in that situation too but yeah like bailey was so sudden like but he so bailey had we don't it could have been a heart attack or a brain aneurysm so quick whatever it was it was like a few seconds um but he was we were going to my parents house to pick up their dog and go for a big run in like the forest where he loves and so he was like literally running around like an absolute goofball with his mates and you know having a great old time and then bang gone right and that's amazing so it was like a shock but at the same time like if you've got to go if you're going yeah that's what you do it you know that's how i want to die yeah that's right Mm -hmm. he was so happy and he had such a a great life up to that point we used to see him we had like a deck that kind of looked out over the forest and he'd literally just sit out like he's meditating in the sunshine in the morning just looking out over the deck these eyes half closed like he was just happy and content and mm. so I mean it was awful for us um mm. to go through that but for him like he, he was happy you know and live life to the fullest <laughs> right until the end yeah yeah absolutely. so you want for them that um Sonny, who's my 11 and a half year old lab, I'm more so conscious with him because he's getting older. Um, But ever since he was really young, I have just treasured every single day. Mm. Every he's what he's, you know, people will talk about their life dog, their journey dog, that sort Mm -hmm. of thing. Like, so what Heidi's saying about Snickers, that's Sonny for me. Yeah. Big time turned my life completely around and like continues to contribute to that. Um. And so I treasure, you know, and I always take the time every single day to make sure that the dogs have had their enrichment, they've had their attention, like they've had, he's had his play, he's had a bum scratch, you know, he's had all those things because I really do. And it's, you know, it's getting a more valid thought as he gets older, but I really do think every day when I like leave for work or every day when I um, put them to bed, I think if this was the, the his last <laughs> day, it would have been a good day. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Like there was no question. You know, in sometimes his mind. at night I get into bed and I say to my husband, "I didn't do enough with Snickers today because it's like he's so old now." And I mean, this dog has come back from death multiple times, so I think he's going <laughs> to fight for a bit longer. Um, but he's 
I like you really I'm really conscious of that now and you know yeah. like you rethink things like did I do enough mm-hmm. today did he does he know I like him <laughs> does he know I love yeah. him that much does he know how special he is you know yeah, all of that sort of, of stuff but even things like I mean right now he can't we live like 700 meters from the beach but he can't really walk that far so we drive him mm-hmm. down to the beach and we carry him out of the car and he has his little wand around the beach and he falls over a few times, but he's happy about it. He just gets up and keeps no. trudging along and he goes and, he goes and stands in the water and just soaks for a while and has a little no. He just loves it. But sometimes I can get in that thing of I'm looking at my phone or I'm on the call on a call to somebody yeah. or I'm distracted watching these people do the wrong thing with their dog or you know, like something yeah. like that. And then, um, yeah. and then I have to be like, just look at him like look at him and remember him and like make eye contact with him and you see him like he's one of those dogs where you can really see the shift as soon as you make eye contact like he'll look at you and you look at him and you just see him like perk up like hey look at me you know like she noticed me um and so that sort of thing you know those are the things that you really treasure but we wouldn't have that if Mm. he was frustrating you know like if it was if exactly. it was hard to live with him um yeah. it wouldn't be like that and you know now we we joke around because we're like savvy has rules and boundaries and things stickers just does what he wants now like he's he's and he knows oh. that he's like so there's a bit of that oh, going on here too yeah. and, and because <laughs> he can't really hear and so but he can mm-hmm. a little bit and now we're starting mm. to be like I'm pretty sure I heard that but he's just like yeah the exact same thing going on here but he's earned that, you know, like he's been a great dog his whole yep. life. So, you know, he's going to be a bit cheap now. I'll let him get over Especially it. when, like you are the same, Heidi, when you've built a career, you know, I've built a career in two businesses from that dog, you know, and I just, I make sure I thank him every yeah, day. that's exactly like, right. I know, even like, um, like when we travelled Australia, we took both of them with us, but like, some people were saying like, are you sure you want to take the dogs? It might be a bit harder, you know, like you've, you've got to find dog friendly parks and things like that. But I mean, like that, that my whole life would not be possible without this dog. Like yeah. nothing I have would be here. My kids, my yeah. family, like nothing I have would be there without him. And so yeah. like, it, it's not optional, you know, like he, he's there, he's part, he's a permanent fixture. Um, and so, yeah, I definitely think it's a different, when you train a dog, and when you really develop the language and really develop that communication system with them where you can, I mean, it starts out with just being like, I know they're going to be up, they're going to get up out of a seat. I know they're about to do this behavior. I know that they're seeking a reward. Like it starts out like that, but it ends up being like, I know something's a bit off today or I know that yep. that bothers them or they didn't really like that touching me there that much or they were flinched then or whatever it might be. And you start getting more and more receptive to them over time. But yep. a lot of people miss out on that because you haven't started with mm-hmm. the basic, I, I know I yep. can see we're about to get up out of a seat sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So yep. I think that, that it definitely feeds into it. Yeah. So, so I have a question. I just, sorry. No, go, Max. <laughs> um, I was just going to ask, with Savvy and then Snickers, mm-hmm. what, in terms of online dog training, you said Savvy was a little bit more anxious mm-hmm. from the start. Mm-hmm. Um, with people that have an anxious dog or, or something, when the line with getting someone in to see a dog in person? Yeah, good question. What works so with two things that I don't do 
online training for. Um, and the two things are aggression towards humans and mm -hmm. aggressions toward aggression towards dogs who live within the same household. So dogs who live together purely because I mean, the process of training wouldn't be that different. Like we do very similar things regardless, but yeah. the management level that you need in that circumstance mm -hmm. to keep everybody safe and seeing yeah. the layout of your house, like put a gate here, yeah. put a crate here, put this there, you know, um, what yeah. equipment, how do you like, which, what's going to suit this dog? Is this person scared of their dog? Because that's a huge thing. That's a really difficult thing to deal with. Um, which I find out of all aggression cases, the hardest thing to deal with is once the owner is afraid of their dog, that's really challenging oh, yeah. one to deal with. Um, and so those are the two things I don't deal with. So anxiety um, for most dogs I find is you, like for a lot of dogs, it's a, a symptom of other things that are going on in their life. And of course there mm. are the outliers who legitimately need medication or, you know, yeah. whatever it might be. Um, but for a lot of dogs, they're living in an anxious state because of the environment and the, their relationship mm. with their people in their environment. Yeah. And so yeah. really what we talk about is let's start out because we don't know if that's the case until we address that, right? Um, mm. So we start by working on those things first and working on relationship and leadership and impulse control and emotional regulation and all of that sort of stuff, first of all, because often when we get there, the anxiety isn't really a big deal anymore or yes, oftentimes yeah. people think their dog is anxious but their dog has is just performing a learnt behavior like for example yeah. they've got a puppy her eight weeks old was banging on the door to come in and barking at the door and then they were like oh a little puppy come inside and he was so cute and you know all of that he just wants to be with me and so they let him in and then it just gets worse and worse and worse and then they start going hang on a minute now the dog's actually eating my door not <laughs> yeah, it's out of control time. the dog is now like six months old yeah exactly but now the dog's six months old so then i you know they go i'm just gonna ignore him i'm not letting him in i'm ignoring him putting my foot down you know and then the dog goes, oh, well, that didn't work. I'm going to escalate it. And so they go, all right, well, I'm going to go harder and I'm going to bark and I'm going to, you know, try. Maybe you can't hear me. Because they're just problem solving. Yeah. Your dog's <laughs> actually a genius, not an idiot. You know, like they're problem solving, trying to figure out, is there a way in? And so then the owner's like, whoa, we better let them in. We're making it worse. And so then they get let mm. in on that escalated level and then it just yeah, gets it just worse escalates. and worse. And so then they call me and say, my dog's got separation anxiety. And, they, and then we actually look at it and we're like, no, your dog has just learned that this works, right? And that doesn't mean that it's not stressful for the dog, but it's not separation anxiety. It's a learned behaviour. Um, and so... Um, so things like that, oftentimes we see that anxiety has been mislabeled um, as, and it mm. is actually just something else going well, on. With or humans as it's well. like, yeah, yeah. absolutely. And mm. or it's like, you know, my dog is really, when he sees another dog on walks, he's barking and lunging because he's scared of dogs and, you know, whatever else it might be. And oftentimes they might be, but we don't, the thing we need to do about that is increase our language and leadership, you know, like we don't. Mollycoddling that is not going to help, you know. So we need to work on those things to get there. So oftentimes, I think it's just our perception of it that needs to shift, and then the way that we will handle it will shift because we yeah. can see what it is for what it is. Um, yeah. So yeah, definitely. So when we do our online stuff, so mm. that was a reaction to COVID uh, when I was like, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <that's laughs> 
I was like, holy heck. I was like, um, yes, set up for this. <laughs> yeah, far out, man. I was like, Heidi's got all the answers. We're going online. <laughs> so when, um, when we went online and I like made a um, dog training video library, which sounds like it's similar to what, like you've got a library as well. So, but mine's pretty basic, but um, it's got, you know, our training activities in it. And then I got a few extra things on in there as well, helpful things and that sort of stuff. We're, what we're training is quite limited. So it's not, a, it's not fully extensive. Um, just covers our, our manners and obedience skills and then like help helpful hints for living with dogs because of what you're describing where people just put up with stuff because they don't know what to do. Um, but what we do during the course is we get people. So people, when they register for our courses, they get access to that library. So even if their course is in like three months time or whatever, so they can start training. I have found that to be so helpful. And I sort of thought, oh yeah, we'll just give people access to it and, you know, see what happens. But oh my goodness, people watching the videos and practicing by the time they get to their course, I'm like, are you already a dog trainer? Like yeah. what is happening? And they're like, oh, I've just been watching the videos. And I was like, the ones I made? Yeah. <laughs> 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 like when I was having a, a straight up meltdown about COVID and I just was lucky enough that I had a five month old puppy at the time. So I could do puppy stuff as well. Yep. Cause what was also really hard Heidi was that my dogs are already bloody trained. Yeah. So I'm trying to make training videos with these dogs that are already trained. Yep. And I was like, you idiots are useless. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> God damn it! Yeah, but I was lucky I had a puppy, so she was and she was on this learning stuff, you know. But man, like it is unreal. And I saw that when we did the first year, because I was like, oh, we're just doing this until COVID goes away. Um, throughout that first year, so the other thing that happened when we do the courses. So now instead of like we used to run the day and we'd like we've got so much theory, dog training theory, and animal assisted therapist. Yeah handler yeah. theory there's so much theory yeah. and we'd have the dogs just sitting with people all day um which you know it's exhausting for the dogs so then the other thing has happened like we try and give people dog training feedback like when you do it in person it's pretty hard for people to understand what you see yeah what we do now is people video themselves doing their one or two activities that they're doing for that week and, and then we that. still watch them in a group setting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I'm just like, pause, rewind, yeah. play, pause, rewind, play, pause, rewind. See that yeah. there. And I like, sometimes I think it's a bit overwhelming for people because I'm straight up dissecting the like, whole thing. Yeah. The whole thing. Yeah. And they're like, look, my dog sat. They're like really excited. And I'm like, that is great. Here is everything. <laughs> anyway, <that we've> <laughs> meanwhile. <laughs> To make it better, yeah. do this, 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 and I'm breaking it down because yeah. it's a video and I can, but so can they. Yeah. So they can actually see themselves and yeah. they can watch it back. And it's we do self-evaluation. Sorry, it's interesting Sorry, so you say that because um, people in the academy, because we've got our, our community as well, and oftentimes they'll say, I'm struggling with this. I'll be like, can you just grab a video just a couple of minutes so I can see exactly what's going on? And before, when they post the video, they'd be like, oh, I've, oh, here's the video, but I actually think I know what I'm doing now. <laughs> they they <laughs> to themselves um, because they can see it when they it's look so back at good. it. It's mm, so good. It's so good. So we've included. But horse do that all the time. I know. <laughs> that's what I say to people. Where, where I got like, the idea from. <laughs> so, so 
when I did my supervisor training, so this is five years ago, um, as a psychologist board approved supervisor, they put a big focus on self-evaluation and like being able to evaluate yourself. And the guy who was running it was Dr. Aaron Frost, who is amazing, but he was like, who's got a hobby? And I'm like, yeah, I ride horses. And he's like, you know, do you video it? And I'm like, all the time, constantly. That's all we do is yeah. video. And, and I've got Brumbies as well. And so constantly. <laughs> People got mirrors up in the arenas. We've, there's that many gadgets and devices you can buy as horse riders. You can get a microphone in-ear thing and your coach is on the ground in a microphone talking yeah. to you while you're on your horse over there, giving you f- like the biomechanical, most finite like changes that you need to make to what you're doing. Working with wild horses, I've videoed so much stuff because it's so important that I'm getting better at that. So I don't die. Yeah. Like it's, and so when I was talking about that supervisor thing, um, Aaron was making a huge deal about like self-evaluation video, 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 watch it back because they, and then they did that as a part of our assessment um, to be supervisors. We had to video a supervision session, but instead of just submitting it, you had to evaluate yourself and like you had to mark it. Oh, wow, cool. And I was like, yeah, yeah. this is so useful for me to actually be yeah. forced to look at myself in this context. I do it all the time with the horses, but I hadn't generalized it. So our yeah. course is constant. So every training activity they do, they've got a worksheet and they have to watch the video back and self-evaluate it. And that's in one section yeah. of the worksheet. And then we give trainer feedback and they put that in the second part of the worksheet of like what they've understood about that. And we record everything as well, but the, our final assessment, their obedience and manners assessment, they fill in a a self-evaluation sheet that goes in with the, like they mark their videos and send it in with them. And people are like, this sucks. Yeah. You get <laughs> you know, like, so I you watch yourself, don't you? Like, oh my God, I'm a terrible dog. Yeah. When you look back. It can be uncomfortable. Why did I do that? When I, was videoing, when I first started videoing for the Academy, like the first few videos, I was like, stop, say that differently. Start, oh, damn, say that differently. You know, like I was just constantly. And then I was like, hang on a minute. I know what I'm talking about. Just talk as if you're talking like somebody's there. Mm-hmm. Like, And when yeah. I stopped talking to the camera and talked to, you know, as if I was talking to a client, all just came out normal yeah um, but you yeah. do when you look back at yourself you're like oh my goodness what am I doing there what am I doing with my hand yes. why do I stand like that you know all of this stuff yeah you really you'll appreciate Heidi I was um making videos of I was worming the horses the other day <laughs> and um my partner's just getting into horses and so we've been making videos like so like when he tries to do things and so he can watch it back and exactly what we're talking about yeah, yeah. I literally do it every day yeah. <laughs> Um, <laughs> like it's con. I'm not. I'm not making this up. I actually do it all the time. Um, I've got f- albums in my phone of like the various horse trainers that I work with, where I video things or get them to video things in my lessons, and I put them in the album on my phone so I can go back and watch it, yeah. so I can learn from it. Um, and I got. I was like trying to worm Thunderstorm, this little foal, and my partner had tried first and sort of stuffed around a bit. So now this Thunderstorm's fixed because he'll put the wormer in his mouth like to play with it, but you know, then he's gotten a bit excited and I'm like, oh, I'll just, we had to do it again. So I was like, oh, I'll just do it this time. Like, you know, just shot it straight through his mouth, straight out into the paddock. And I was like, did that just go out of his mouth? And I had, I had the video and you can watch back on the video. Cause I'm like, did it go in his mouth or did it go not in his mouth? Like it felt, I didn't feel enough resistance. Like, did it go out? But I couldn't see it on the ground anywhere. And I was like, what has happened here? I look like an idiot here. 
And then, uh, yeah, I looked back on the video and you can see in the video, like you can see the worm are just flying across the paddock. And I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, so he's not wormed. <laughs> so he has now been not wormed twice this morning. So we might leave it for today. Uh, <laughs> and I might do a fecal egg count because I don't know how much worm has been in his mouth. So, <laughs> damn it. <laughs> So I have, um, yeah, I, I do have I sympathy for people. Motivation, like that's the thing though with online training, is that you don't have somebody there kicking your butt. You know, you have to be self motivated enough to do it. Um, which I think that's a lot of the people who come to me are like, this is like it. You know, we've we've got to do something, and so that's their motivation. I find that people who have puppies or you know things where there's not a, a problem per se yet. That, that you know that staying self-motivated is much more difficult because you sort of think oh of course he's going to go into this perfect little angel um and you don't sort of see any to see any issues um but yeah so i think that's probably one of the bigger challenges with online training is keeping people motivated i struggle with that too though like as a human being i struggle with that so <laughs> you know like i just that's we've kept our courses scheduled so you actually are logging in and you've got this just live thing happening and we're looking at the videos and stuff because it gives people a deadline and a due date and things like that and they do stay on track with that yeah and i think for you too part of their motivation is like i want to do this for a career yeah like i want a therapy yeah i want like there's a a very specific tangible kind of outcome yes for them. There is. Um, and especially when it is your career, you know, like it's not it's big a big time. deal. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. Not a hobby. No, that's exactly right. And not just so, you know, no, if, if somebody doesn't do something in my group, nobody is going to know. Like their, their neighbours yeah. don't know, their mum doesn't know, you know, nobody knows about it. They can yes, just secretly true. go like, oh, I didn't even try. I'm just going to hide over here. And nobody will know. So like it's easy to, to just not do anything. So having yeah. that self-motivation is really important, which I think is why I like the online training because I'm very self-motivated like that. Like if there's something I want to yeah. learn, I will do it myself. And, you know, I think that's part and parcel of being a business owner as well. Um, but, yeah, but I, and so I think I sort of attract people like that anyway, which has been really interesting because I haven't really um, had to, like we've got over two, over 300 people in the Facebook, like the Academy group. And so having that many people, you would think there'd be a few like, blowouts with people or you know negative things happen you know somebody's mean to somebody or you know whatever and I've not really had that ever yet and I know and I think that's really I mean it's partly because people get worded up before they join you know like this is the expectation we're kind to each other and all of that sort of stuff but also I've just been lucky in attracting that kind of person, I think, yeah. into the, the program yeah. um, because people who are generally self-motivated and are wanting to do things and change their life and, um, you know, like I'm big on personal development and things like that as well. And I think those sorts of people see my program be like, that's something I can do. And so they're sort of in the right mindset by the time they get in. So I've been really lucky. That's, yeah, they're open to learning. Yeah, I just, love, like, I just love the people that I get to work with, like so much great feedback and, yeah, they're awesome. Yeah. A lot of groups have those rules before you join, though, but you still see, a, a, you know, group, you know, oh, vigilantes or whoever they're in there and they're yeah. just monsters. Yeah. That's um, so right. I think that's a lot to do with you as well, Heidi, that like your disposition and things like that. Because when people are watching your videos, you're actually modeling like a lot of that stuff, you know? So you're really modeling like this cool, calm, collected, like 
everything's cool, man. Like, no, yes, and all, I think it's all the gonna no be judgment. Good. Yeah. yeah, and I'm not judging. Like, how many people, it's a safe space. or how many trainers on Instagram or whatever, like, if you're saying your puppy is, you know, bad because of COVID, you were lazy, you should have done this, you should have done that. Yeah, like, these are people who are going through COVID. Like, cut them some slack for God's sake. You know? Leave like, them alone, man. Like, it was, it was, yeah, exactly, and like it's not motivating nobody's like oh I want to work with that trainer because he just called me lazy you're like that's not going to work um it's not motivating and it's not kind and yeah, yeah. like I the just proper learning things. means you have to really reflect on what you've been doing you know differently to what you should probably be doing with your dog yeah. and if you're if you're getting people coming at you you're going to shut down. Yeah. And I think that's a, a big skill of a dog, like being a good dog trainer is being able to deliver the hard truth nicely, like in a kind mm. way without being mm. judgmental about it. And um, that's really hard because you do sometimes have to be like, well, yeah, this is kind of your fault that this is happening, but yeah. it's not because you were awful and it's not because you're a terrible person. Everybody mm. just did the best with what you had at the time and now you know better. So let's yeah. do better and we move on. You know, mm. like it's not. Yeah a judgment on you it's a this is an opportunity to learn something new i think that's one of the things we've found tricky with going online is less opportunities to um sort of smooth that over i think like we've had and because we're in a group setting as well like sometimes we do come across handlers that they're a long way a long way from getting to where they need to be. And sometimes we have handlers that um, think that they already know, you know, everything when, you know, their dog can already sit and drop and do a backflip or whatever. And I'm like, that's awesome. And we try to be flexible with our training methods as well, where I go like, if you bring me an already trained dog, I don't really need you to untrain it and retrain it my way. We're going to work with it with what you've got. And then we add in like all the things that I know are going to be clinically relevant. So yes, we'll have um, to meet the criteria still. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We still need you to not need to say stay to your dog when you put it in a sit or a drop because uh, in a clinical setting, that's not, it's actually rupturing of relationship with your uh, participant or client because you've just told them that you're forcing the dog to interact with them and that isn't it's rupturing like it just it just causes yeah. problems so yeah. uh drop means drop until i tell you to move and sit means sit until i tell you to move and it's so it's it's easy but some people if they they already sort of they've got the they've got their drop and their sit already and that sort of stuff and they're reluctant to take on some of that language and improved communication stuff that we do yeah absolutely and then yeah they get down the track to the more difficult activities and the manners and stuff and it falls apart. Like exactly yes. what you've described. Like I see that with the handlers that aren't ready for, you know, to get a bit more creative with what they're already doing and try and add in some extra, like I will work, I'm a like magician problem solver. Like I will work with them and figure out what will work train the dog in front of you always like i yeah. work with that handler and that dog for that workplace at this time in their life and this and that like yeah. every team gets treated as an individual for the range of whatever their variance of their circumstances is but the ones that think i'm just not gonna actually take any of this on board yeah. and i'm just gonna keep doing what Absolutely. i was doing they fall apart yeah. 
really I quickly. I often get people come into the academy and be like, I know that it says in the intro that I should start from the start, even no matter what I've done, but hey, my dog knows how to sit and drop. Can I just skip through? And it's always that, first of all, that question of, oh, that's great. They can sit. Could they sit if you threw a ball? Could they sit if there was yeah. another dog? Could they sit if somebody came to your front door? Could they sit mm. there? And all like, no, like it's probably like 1% of people who have a dog over six months has a dog who doesn't know what sit means in some capacity, but that's yeah. different to knowing sit and that being yeah. relationship changing, you know, like that yeah. it's a different format. It's not teaching sit like a trick. It's teaching sit yeah. to build communication. Um, yeah. And so oftentimes it's like, yeah, it's unpacking, like, do they really know how to sit? And if they do, well, then how is that helping you with your problem? Because you've still got a problem. So if they are so good at sit and drop, why are we still here then? You know, like what's breaking problem, down? Yeah. yeah. Um, and so we need to work on that. And that's not saying like I'm a big, I don't like the idea of, you know, like when your dog jumps up on you, ask him to sit. Like I'm not into using obedience for a Band-Aid, you know, like I don't think mm. that's going to solve anything um, mm. or, you know, getting them to sit always at the door or whatever, like get them to just mm. wait at the door and things like that. I'm not huge on that, but it's not about sit or drop. Sit and drop are not about sit and drop. It's about language, yeah. impulse control, mm. emotional regulation, leadership, yeah. trust. It's about all of those things. And so yeah. if we have that, then everything else becomes so much easier. And so it's more about like, Sometimes, especially too, even with like puppies coming in and, you know, the puppies harassing the kids in the backyard or whatever it might be. Mm. Um, and, you know, I say, even if you just do two days of practicing sit, your dog's going to understand what yes, no, good dog means, right? And if we've got yeah. those three things, then we can shape pretty much any behavior that your puppy is coming up yeah. with. And it won't take it's them so long for them to have enough understanding that they can apply that elsewhere. It doesn't have to be perfect before you can apply it elsewhere. It just has to be a concept that they get starting to get the idea yeah. of. Yeah. 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 We had, um, we had, have had a couple of dogs. We get, they do an application form to get into the course and, you know, I just look at their situation and the dog and decide whether or not it's a good fit for them at the moment. And, um, we had one not that long ago and it was like, you know, fair few behavioral issues. And I was like, we're going to need, we have them all the time actually. Um, and I go, you're going to need to do something about these behavioral issues. Um, we can help you out or we can refer you on. Um, but I think, I think when you do the course, you're going to get a lot of tools and skills that are going to be very helpful anyway. And I just let people decide which way they want to go. But as long as they know that you're not going to graduate until these behavioral issues. Yes. And they're realistic about it. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, you can do the course if you want, but just be aware, like these need to be addressed. Um, obviously any aggression and stuff like that, we do, that's a separate thing, but, um, yeah, like, you know, these, these things will have to be addressed. It's amazing what, like you say, like, but once you've got that language with the dogs, then they just, yeah, yeah. They've, they've addressed a lot yeah. of that stuff and they don't have to do individual yeah training do you know it's interesting um talking about therapy dogs because that's not my area of expertise but i have not have my dogs have been therapy dogs in the past um and i have i train a lot of people who have a dog who wants want to do a program like yours or you know another program um and so they're sort of just getting the training started before they do all of that sort of thing and one of the most common things we come up with um 
with people at the start who are having some behavior problems is they want to fit their dog into this like mold of a therapy dog and they're like so he doesn't really like being touched how do we fix that like, <laughs> i don't know if he's gonna yeah. love this job like we can help teach him to be able to go to the vet and you know do these things yeah, but, to tolerate I mean, he's he's that's not his jam. Like find something he likes no. doing. <laughs> maybe yeah. he doesn't yeah. like that, but maybe he really likes lure coursing or maybe he can't really make any dog. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's a big common that. misconception that mm. any dog can do any job and they may be able to, but want to is a different thing, you know, like same with horses. Exactly. Oh, so much with horses. Absolutely. And I think it's hard because once you've got your dog, you've got your dog, you know, you're not going to trade them yeah. in for a different model. You know, you've got to deal with what you've got. But if you kind of already have this picture in your head of what you want them to be, um, which I think is big with anybody who gets a puppy, you know, like they get a puppy with a, it's going to have this personality. And it's like having a child and being like, before they're born, they're going to be a lawyer or they're going to do this. Like, that's not how it works. Yeah. <laughs> they, they get to choose what they like. Um, and so you'll, yeah. you'll damage the relationship. Yeah, too. that's right. And that doesn't mean that you don't have influence over the kind of person or dog they're going to become. Like you get to shape that, but what yeah. they like is who they are. You know, like nobody in my family is really into animals, but here I am. So you know, like nobody <laughs> chose that for me, um, but that's just, yeah, how it happened. So you just like what you like. Yeah. Yeah, we want to try and set people up for, you know, we're going to start doing a juniors course so that we can start giving people this information early on. But the the goal is, (laughs) the goal is for people to understand that this is what it is to be a therapy dog and this Mm -hmm. is what it is to be a therapy dog handler and these are the things that we're looking for. And if it's your dog's not that, then your dog's not that. And so let's not try and shove a square peg into a round hole We've stopped doing that years ago now and it's, you know, it's hard because you're failing people and, you know, like that's their hopes and dreams are shattered. That's, right. that's why we've Im- improved our application process now and things like that. Um, the, the, uh, the backlash that we've had over the years has been horrendous from people who are disappointed that, you know, their dog's just not right. But we have so many, like we do pre-course consults, like we do, we have all individual these options, well. individual tutoring and stuff like that to try and we do an introductory workshop. We try and get people the information before they register yeah. for the course. But I'm not going to, I'm not going to do a full assessment of every dog oh, for free yeah, before right. they do the yeah. course. That's not, we want, we want people to be able to assess it for themselves that's too. Right. Yeah. We're going to try and address it more with the juniors course because I know it's frustrating for people. But yeah. when I was first getting into horses, I remember um, I was it must have been a vet or a chiropractor or someone um, that had said to me like, "Oh, what are you what are you going to do with your horse?" And I was like, "I don't know, whatever he likes." Yeah, and the vet was like, "What?" <laughs> I never hear that. Yeah. I never hear that ever. And I was like, "Oh yeah, I don't really know him yet." Yeah. So we see what he likes. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, like. I don't know. So yeah, I just exactly. And even like with Savvy, like I was saying with Savvy, you know, like what I really like for my work, what I need is a dog who is can emotionally handle being around unstable dogs a lot, you Mm. know, like, and that is a tough gig. Like there's not many dogs who can do that happily, you know, like Savvy can do it, but does she want to do it? Like Snickers will like, almost laugh in the face of a dog who's trying to kill him, you know, like you'll be like, oh, whatever, <laughs> not phasing me. I'm just going to go sniff over here and do my own thing. You do, you do, you mate. And he's fine with that. Whereas Savvy will tolerate it, but enjoy it is completely different. So we manage yeah. 
who goes where and all of that sort of stuff. Yeah. But yeah, finding the right job. And that was hard for me to accept because, you know, like mm. that's not really what I need for my work, but I still mm. absolutely love Savvy, you know, like, and so it's just yeah. who she is. And so she just does her things. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And you just make space in your life. For what they are. And yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And just, well, and it's yep. the same with my kids, you know, like they're pole opposite mm-hmm. to each other and you just got to, that's who they are. And you just... Do yeah. the things they like doing. If they don't like sport, don't do sport. You know, like it's just who they are. Yeah. I want to also add, um, when we're talking about online courses, it's kind of a booming industry. Like you see so yes. many people throwing online courses out there. Really so frustrating. Yeah. When you... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's really frustrating so because... Anyone can put it up yes. at the moment. And that's the thing is that all almost you get labelled as like, oh, I've got an online course. And because people sort of in COVID put up crap courses that don't really yeah. work um, but was sort of like a passive income and now they're mm. like, oh, we're just going to leave that up there. And so then somebody buys it they're like, online courses don't work. It's like, but mm. it wasn't, it was a Band-Aid solution because they couldn't yep. get to clients. It wasn't a thought-out program. Um, yeah. And so that can be really hard to deal with. Um, but, I mean, I think the the good thing for me is because I've been doing it for a long time, I've got like a huge bank of like testimonials and feedback and things like that to be like, people say it's good, I swear. And so I can sort of, you know, use that. Um, and so that's really handy because I think that's, if your clients are happy, you know, that's what you, that's the well, end that's goal. Well, that's what I was, was going to add is, um, but this is to both of you, what do you think are the things that uh, people should be looking for when they are going online? Because, you know, when I was also looking at Dougie's resource guarding, I went on YouTube, I went everywhere to look up, you know, and there is a range a of different of things. <laughs> things online. Yeah. Yep. And it was quite overwhelming. Like, thankfully, Absolutely. I also had Sam, but it was quite overwhelming to sort of pick apart um, who you should listen to. Yeah. So, I mean, um, even like the I was... best yeah. indicators of someone that uh-huh. is worth the time to yeah. listen to if they're online yeah or online it's confusing as hell for people because i mean like even i was on instagram the other day and i was like one dog trainer was like whatever you do don't do this to your dog and then the next dog trainer was like you have to do this and it was the same thing like yeah. what <laughs> you know like it, it's overwhelming and it's confusing for people especially in this day and age where we're literally bombarded with information mm. constantly and if yeah. you've googled something then it's for sure going to show up on facebook or instagram all the time and so you know mm. you're going to get yes. bombarded with it Um, I think one of the things you really want to look for um, is support, like how much support, because there's a lot of courses that are sold independent of the trainer. And so, I mean, you can buy like a a train your dog. Yeah. And then, but Mm -hmm. if you want help, you've got to get it somewhere else or you've got to buy extra or whatever it might be. I think looking for how support is really big and that's something that we really focus on. So in the Dogmanship Training Academy, we have a weekly live Q&A. Um, which you can join via Facebook or Zoom. So you can oh, chat awesome. or things like yeah. that. And you can ask questions anytime. And I usually make like a video reply so I can explain the tone and how it all works and demo it sort of thing. And so you can get support whenever you want it. And so I think that's a big point of difference for, between courses and an actual program. Um, mm. And that's one of the things too is like I was sort of when I created the academy, was it going to be a course or was it going to be a membership or how was it going to work? And we have it as a membership because 
for people coming in, like part of the reason I did it was I wanted people, no matter what the, the outside of their life looked like, what they did with dog training, they could come into this space and do it in their own time, in their own way. If they wanted to do a little bit yeah. each month, if they had to have a month off, if they went on holidays, like it wasn't like if you miss a week, you're out mm. sort of thing, um, yeah. which yep. is one of the things that I found really hard for myself, even like when I was doing, you know, trick training class or working with other trainers mm. was like, Sometimes I just couldn't make it for whatever reason one week and then I'd be behind. Um, and so doing that was really good, I think, in having that. And also because some people come in with really big problems that might take a while and some people are like, I literally just want to know how to, you know, get my dog to stay on their bed and it's like, cool, we'll stay for one month and then you're good. You know, like you don't need to stay for a long time. So it means you can get one problem, you know, your problem solved for on a smaller budget, um, but you can also stay and be part of the community and most people like the community factor you know being able to ask yeah. people and talk about dogs with people who actually mm-hmm. care and celebrate like who else cares that you went for a walk with your dog like you're like i went for yeah. a walk and i didn't bark at anyone and they're like yeah everyone's cheering them on but like if you told your friends that they'd be like cool you know <laughs> yeah they don't understand yeah. how much of a big deal that yeah. is yeah and support is huge yeah definitely yeah. yeah i agree with heidi i think um i think there's really got to be a mixture if you're doing an online course it's fine. Like if it's something's recorded or whatever, that's fine, but there's got to be a person. Mm. I think there has to be an, a live person and we've got so much technology now. There's no reason that we can't do face to face virtually like, you know, and so people are actually getting access to you. They're hearing from you. Like, and you know, we do like our courses are still a group as well. So you're actually still, um, attending your classes and having group discussions with other people yeah. in your group. So you're, you know, developing those peer networks as well, yeah. sharing ideas and brainstorming and all that sort of stuff. I think it's a, I think that we have enough technology now that there's no excuse to not be doing hybrid stuff mm. where you yourself, you're available um, or, you know, whoever's running the courses, they're available to the people who, you know, have paid the money yeah. to participate we were um, tossing up doing a self-paced option next year. Um, but I just can't get my head around. Like I want it to be more flexible. I want there to be a more flexible option mm. for people that can't just take whatever off work and stuff. But I just can't get around. Like they, I just need time with them yeah. as well. Yeah. You know, like I and don't I think, ever want it to be fully online. Yeah. And I think so for, um, you know, the stakes are high for people who come in with you as well. You know, like, like yeah. we talked about before, the stakes are really high. Like they've got to have a safe dog. They've got to have a dog who can go into like being a therapy dog is not like, you know, just a easy thing to do, you know, like that's a big gig. It's a big responsibility. Um, so yeah, I mean, like that's, I definitely understand that. But I think also um, for people looking for dog training, one of the biggest things and the biggest challenges I think and the thing people really need to look for is something that you are going to be able to do consistently like yeah, something that yeah. you can do because for some people logging in online they're going to be like I don't even want to look at my computer at the end of the day and then for other people mm. it's like I there's nothing I could think of worse than going out at seven o'clock at night to get into a group class and other people are like I'm not paying for somebody to come to my home you know like it depends yeah. on what's going to be consistent and something you can do going forward um because if it's not gonna if you're not gonna be able to do it consistently you're never gonna get results it's like signing up for a gym membership and never going like you have to actually do it um so what you what's gonna work for you and I do like um I mean I've got the online but I also do lots of private lessons 
and most of my private lessons now are working with dogs who have some sort of severe anxiety or, or aggression or something like that because those people have contacted me about the academy and been like, it's probably not a great fit, let's do private lessons instead um, because it's not safe to do so. And so it it's also been freed me up a lot to be able to work with those people because I only have limited hours in a week and I'm not the kind, I don't want to work full time. I've got little kids and I don't want to do that. And so it frees me up to use my time really effectively while still helping the most amount of people that I can. Um, because mm. like in my Q&A, like I'm, somebody might ask a question, but then afterwards somebody else will message me like, oh, thank you so much. I'm so glad they asked that because now I know for da-da-da or whatever. And so you actually, one person asks a question, but you're helping everybody. You're helping. Yeah. yeah. Still getting that group training yeah, thing. That's, like, that's how I learned so much in the beginning as well is for group training. Yeah. Like you're learning not just your, your dog, dog like everyone else's. everyone else's dog. And I had a good dog, yeah. so I would have learned jack shit if yeah. I had done individual training. <laughs> yeah. Like I had to watch everybody else's dogs mulleting around and carrying on like pork chops to learn yeah, anything. Yeah, so, generalise the things that you're learning. Yeah, yeah. absolutely, yeah. absolutely. I think one of the things that's disappointing um, that came about from COVID, the COVID time, uh, is, is I think there's a couple of training organisations that started up some staff, trained and assessed some dogs and then like shut up shop or like have refused to go back to places to reassess dogs and things like that. So we do get people that have contacted us who have done and paid for their training elsewhere, but they actually can't reassess there anymore. That is Um, so tough. It sucks, man. And I've tried and tried to problem solve with people and find a way to, um, that we can reassess them. The problem that I have though, is that the majority of our course is handler training. I'm actually passing handlers as yeah. well as dogs. So I don't really want purple bandana dogs no, out that the handler hasn't got <laughs> the training that we deliver. And I don't know what they've been told by other organizations. I don't know what they train. Yeah. So it's put me in a really difficult position where I've tried to like, oh, I want to help you guys, but I, I just don't think that we can have you not do at least a version oh, of what, what yeah, absolutely. we, I need you to have the information that yeah. we give people because every time we run a course, the, the cohort by the end of it is like, yep. So you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. Like far out. That's like right. we just didn't know any of that, like that sort of thing. So I think it's, being hard, aware, it's like, hard for people to build trust um, in a business these days because it's so easy to spout crap you know like it's online and you know it's so easy to say I can do this 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 and this um and it's you know and and preach whatever you want without actually being able to back it up um and and even like in the academy um sometimes like I'll have a new person who asks a question and I'll make a video and they'll be like I cannot believe you just made me a video just for me like a personalized video it's like what like took me like five minutes like it wasn't hard to do I didn't have to like rehearse or set up or anything you know like it's it's fine um, but people are not used to getting good service. You know? People yeah. are not used yeah. to actually having people follow through yeah. and people who actually care mm. and want to see you succeed. It's, it's yeah. not that common. And like um, 
the videos are easy for me to make because I'm with my dogs all the time. Mm. Um, and so that whatever that skill is that you wanted to learn or that issue or like the application of that, it'll pop up. Yes. Like, you it's know, so, so funny you say that because I was saying to my husband the other day, it's getting harder to make like content or videos and stuff because my dogs are old. I'm like, wake up and do something. <laughs> Yeah. Look alive, guys. Look alive. Come on. Make, make a choice. Make a red choice. <laughs> yeah, it's. I, I absolutely agree. Like I was in, I think, two courses, three courses ago that someone asked about um, teaching a dog to stop, like when you say, when they're walking along and you say stop. And um, um, that's not something that we teach in the course, but I was like, oh, this is how you do it. And then like I was walking to work from the car park and I just filmed the two, like, the, you know, the, the finished stop and also how you train the stop and so the next week by the time I was back up again doing their videos for the next week I was like oh yeah here's that stop video as well it's in this other helpful ideas folder and they're like oh, oh thanks it doesn't matter that it's not a part of the course no. who cares like it's it's useful to have I like having a stop yeah. like you know yeah and I, I think for, I use um, it every day yeah. yeah and I think for a lot of people too um just it like they get caught up in like, oh, is it going to be really well-produced video? And, you know, like, of course, we're always trying to make it look as good as it can and make the audio as good as it can be. <clears throat> but if you've got, like, you can understand it, that's more important. Like, are they exactly. talking to you in a way that you can understand? Like, um, yeah. I had a, a somebody email me the other day and they be like, oh, I finally feel like I'm doing a course where you're not talking to me in another language because yeah. they're talking dog trainer talk and like I don't even yeah. talk dog trainer talk dog trainers anymore. Like I don't no. I don't want to talk like that. I want to talk as if I'm talking to, you know, my best friend or whatever yeah. about it. And so I think that's huge if you can tell somebody in a way that just is like, oh yeah, yeah of course. Um absolutely. That's, yeah, that's mm. more important than anything. I gave up on the um the video professionalism very early on <laughs> uh, I was like this is a pain in the yeah. ass like I've got the a mic lot of time and, man it, it is a pain work. like to make mm. sure things and because I'm trying to film stuff you know on the fly and as the dogs are doing it as well I'm not setting it up no, like I'm now life. just yeah <laughs> yeah like so I've just got like my phone's my pocket and I just pull it out look this is what the dogs chase the mowers like idiots this is how I get them to stop doing yeah. it that's why I can let them do it for a little bit because it makes them so happy and Sonny's gonna die one day and it's his favorite <laughs> thing in the world so I let him chase the mower for a minute or two and then I tell him to stop doing yeah, it yeah same with the hose yeah you know like this is this is what it looks like and you know I'm not gonna set it up I can't be bothered I gotta mow the lawn yeah. like come on man, I'm just trying to feed the horses here yeah. like we'll just do this quick video I'll show you what it is and and then you, Away you got you it. Know, yeah. Like, and okay, people so relate to it because you're not in this like studio. Like nobody's training their dog in a studio. Like everybody's got, and like people, the videos that people always say, oh, I've got so much of that is like my kids having a like boom belt down in the background. And yeah, you know, my husband's <laughs> like, it's getting ready. Or, you know, like something like that's going on. Or like I had one video where my kids just like ran across like in the background. I'm like, trying to like block them out you know like things like that people like that because they're like hang on if you can do this and you're a normal person then I can do you're it because I'm a normal person you know and I yeah, have distractions exactly. like I'm not training my dog in a vacuum like I'm literally just doing it with the same mm, yeah. life as everybody else um and I think that makes it definitely more realistic for people and those real life examples like I always tell people like once you've trained your dog put a bit of time into this train your dog your training sessions become your life, yeah. you know, like it's, you're just training them throughout your life yes. because you've just using this language and you got it, you know, but expectations. And then you've got 
just fun. Yeah, like my dogs right. are just having fun. I know. Constantly. Somebody like, said they to have me, the like, best life. how much dog training do you do a day? And I was thinking, God, I haven't set up a training session for a while, especially like now they're older. I'm not like teaching them to do backflips anymore. I can barely walk. Um, but they, um, you know, if I do a boundary, if I've left my front door open for an hour, oh, sweet, I've done an hour of training. And if I've told them to go on their bed, yeah. like, you know, oh, cool, two hours of training today, tick. You know, like all these things, but you forget after a while, those become easy. And that's something we talk about a lot in the academy as well, is that having your goals and breaking them down also makes you see, hang on a minute, we may not be there yet, but wow, we're doing better than we were last week. Like if you can be better than last week, that's great. You know, like it's, it doesn't have to be a huge jump. Yeah. Um, and so I think we often can take for granted the things we do. And don't you notice that though, if you go down like to a cafe or walk past somebody like, oh my God, your dogs are so good. And you're like, yeah, because they're walking. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. like she's good. They sat. Is that the thing? You know, like it's, you forget that those things to some people are like the biggest incredible. deal. Incredible. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's yeah. good to be reminded of that sometimes. So I think keeping an eye out for businesses that are, um, you know, online courses and things like that, that have sort of popped up, maybe it's just a recording, um, you know, and you're not actually getting any access to like some, in some circumstances for some stuff, that's fine. Yeah. Like if it's just a, if you, or, you know, you can buy like a two hour lecture yeah. and that's still PD, you know, like that's fine. Yeah. Um, but in terms of, yeah, the and online courses and things like, like that. If that's going to solve your problem. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. But I mean, yeah. for a lot of people, yep. and that's a thing too, is to be wary of, I mean, some of them can be great depending on the problem, but like courses who are splintering off problems, like this is how you fix reactivity or whatever. But, but like we were talking about, like everything is interlinked. Like you can't, you don't fix that problem without working on other things at the same time. Um, and if you do, <clears throat> you're either putting a Band-Aid on it or you're not doing it in a humane way, you know, like you yeah. cannot be doing both of those things. <laughs> it, it doesn't yeah. work. And so you really need to yeah. have a look at are they dealing with actual what's going on here in the relationship and is this going to help me with future problems, you know, if something pops yeah. up because they're dogs and they're going to have different behaviours throughout their life. Yeah. How and much it, are they and talking can I about generalize the psychology it? of the yeah. dog as well, mm. not just the behaviour? Yeah. Mm. yeah. And so as a, like, summary of the pros I think it's pretty clear like you know we're both Heidi and I we're both seeing dogs getting great we're seeing handlers getting great I think there's heaps of you know so we went online because of COVID but we're staying online we're not going back to -to face-to-face courses I'm seeing way more retention of learning in the handlers And then I'm seeing less stressed dogs Mm. because the handlers are better at handling their dogs. And so, you know, inconsistent handling, we know it is stressful for dogs because they can't find the right answer or you tell tell them everything's right or you tell them everything's wrong. Yeah, but also for a dog trying to, like, how hard is it for us to sit down for an hour and, like, fully absorb everything that's happening in that hour Mm, we expect that in a private lesson or group class and sometimes we expect that for full days in you know like workshops and things like that and if your dog has no understanding prior to that so they're emotionally trying to process what the hell is going on 
it's yeah. overwhelming and it, it is really it hard is. for them to learn. And like we always, we know it as dog trainers, we say, if you're going to teach your dog something new, start off by doing it with no extra distractions. Like literally teach it in the most easy environment for your dog to learn so they can grasp it first before you add in more challenges. Yet then we're like, so to do that, come to a group class. Like that doesn't yeah. make sense. You know, they're not going to absorb sense. it. Yeah. What we're trying to do at the group class is teach the person so they can go home and apply it to their dog. So there's no need to do yeah. that in, in that context. We can do that online. That's it. And we ha- we're working with dogs that they haven't been worked before, so they don't have a work ethic. No. So they have to build that up. Like, you know, they're going to get tired. Their brains get tired quickly. Their bodies get tired quickly. They don't have the mental or physical stamina for long training sessions. So you can come here for an hour and face-to-face if you want, pay an individual training fee, but we're going to spend 45 minutes of that talking about stuff and I'm going to do demonstrations and cycle through my dogs and, you know, do that sort of stuff and do a little bit of handling with your dog, that sort of thing. To the point... Like when I do lessons, so if I do, depending on what horses I'm working with, um, but I'll take two horses to a one-hour lesson and yeah. swap them every 15 minutes That's right. and swap them over because I'm like, well, otherwise we're going to spend this next 15 minutes mm. giving the horse a break yeah. talking about, you know, Other my things. social life yeah. or whatever. Or we could swap horses out and then, you know, and that one's having a break rest. and this yeah. one's having a 15-minute and then that one's having a break. It's, it also, is the best way exactly. to learn. And, we, and also mm. because – it, mm. once that the behavior becomes more automatic for the dog so like when we learn to drive a car we're like check the mirrors check, hold it here and here indicator on like you're consciously making all of those decisions when you first drive a car but now you get in the car and you're like talking to somebody and you're like kind of remember how you got from a to b you know like it's it's all automatic and that's the same for our dogs like right now they're like sit cool got it you know like they're having to really concentrate on it and concentrate on holding it and the language and what is like the good dog tones and all of that but once we've gotten over that hump, they're doing it like without even thinking. And that's something like in the academy, we talk about obedience in habit loops. Like that's what we're doing. We're using habit loops to create a behavior and we're blocking old habits that we don't want to pop up. Like that's essentially mm-hmm. what our, when we talk about a, co- a correction or a consequence, what I'm talking about is how can we block that from habit from reoccurring? Like how can we go, mm. that's not a good habit. Let's stop that from happening. But then what's the new habit and how can we create that? And so that's because what we want is for it to become automatic. Like sometimes with my dogs, I'm recalling them and I'm like, they're halfway back and you can sort of see them like, oh, yeah, I'm coming back. You know, like they haven't really even thought about it because it's just so automatic for them now. Like it's like getting in the car. You know, they're not thinking about it. They just respond. Yep. 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 So I think those things like, you know, we're, We've made the decision. We're staying online. I've got less stress handlers, less stress dogs, better handlers, better dogs at the end of the courses. We can provide them more support. They've learnt to self-evaluate. Yeah. So I'm having less um, – what used to happen is I'd try and give someone some feedback like that this isn't really going that well at the moment um, and they'd be surprised like yeah. what? what, you know, like and then get all shitty about it, whereas now – they're the one that's coming to me yeah, saying, hang on, something's not right. <laughs> looks not I can right. see like, it's not yeah. what you showed me. Yeah. yeah. Mm. So people are less, they're not caught off guard because we're building that ability to self-evaluate so they can see what I can see. Whereas before it was me watching them and then saying, listen, mate, you've got, you know, you're all over the place. Like, yeah. Yeah. Of, yeah. Um, you know, I don't know if you saw a while ago, I had a foster dog, Bella, 
um, who had come from the middle of nowhere where they found her and her litter mate. And um, so she was like, not well socialized. Um, yeah. And um, and so anyway, she was like eight months or something by this point, I think when I got her oh, and yeah. very and reactive when other dogs would be barking or whatever on walks, like she would just lose the plot. Um, and so we went past the same house every day with dogs barking so that I could film like day one, day two, day three in the same oh, context, cool. in the same environment. But it happens quick. Like we're literally spending less than five minutes outside these people's house to, you know, <laughs> they're poor, poor people. Poor, like, stop looking, stop yeah, I was like, they must <laughs> love you, Heidi. Yeah, she come and do it in the front of our house. Cause the dogs are bark. Like, I feel like I'm doing something wrong. <laughs> you're stalking me, just videoing me, watching me down the street. <laughs> Uh, and so um, I'm like, if somebody comes out, I'm going to quickly turn around and yell, leave me alone and just start running away and see if you can. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, um, yeah, so we were filming all of this each session day to day. But then because it happened so quick, I showed the whole video in the academy, but then we rewatched it and paused and talked and paused and talked. And this is yeah. why I did this then. And this is why I did this then. And this is why I corrected this. And this is why I rewarded this and whatever. Where yeah. we could break it down because for a lot of people watch that, but what just happened? You know, like yeah. it looks smooth <laughs> when you do it. You know, like it looks like, hey, that was like three days and she's walking past it. But for like you didn't see all those little things that are happening. Yeah. And the way that yeah. I'm talking and why I changed my tone and all of that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. and so you didn't really see that in there. So I think that was huge because reactivity is probably the number one thing people contact me about. Um, or mm. overreactivity on walks, like when they see another dog, whatever. So having that breakdown and seeing it in the same context every day, that's big for people. And I think then they could sort of break it down for themselves a little bit better. Like you're saying that self-evaluation, break it down and be like, all right, I need to take this a little, a step back and sort of look at what I'm doing and why I'm doing it. Why am I saying this and those sorts of things? Because they're overcomplicating it yeah. for most people. Yep. Mm. Yep. Definitely. There you go. (laughs) Online dog training. It is a thing. It It can be done. I'm sure it can be done poorly. It can. Um, If you want to have a look at YouTube and TikTok and all that sort of stuff. But I mean, Um, doctors are learning how to be doctors on, you do surgery online. Like if we can't teach dogs online, we've got something wrong with us, you know, like. absolutely yeah just because it hadn't hadn't been done much before doesn't doesn't mean mean that. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. We love it. Heidi loves it. Yeah. Uh, there are other companies that, are, that you know, are still doing face-to-face, so they, they can do that and we will do this because yeah. I love it. We still do some stuff face-to-face as well for our local mm. um, for our local guys. Yeah, that's you know, obviously. Yeah. We, our temperament thing. assessments all get done face-to-face. They just get done by dog trainers all over Australia. Yeah for us yeah like, we have to do that face to face that's a that's a no yeah like, so obviously that, obviously has to be done. yeah yeah absolutely yeah excellent cool <laughs> thanks for the chat Heidi good thank you Gosh, all day. really good <laughs> yeah. same yeah same I just keep going yeah. <laughs> oh, Max awesome. might get bored Sorry, no, Max. no way. <laughs> See, I'm, always, I'm just constantly like, oh, gosh, next bit, next bit. No, so good. Covered some really good questions as well that people have obviously asked over the mm, yeah. last few yeah. years. So, no, it's very good, very helpful. Awesome. Thank you so much, Heidi. No it was awesome. You're welcome. 
So what, uh, well, I was just going to say quickly for the listeners, um, where can they find you? Um, I also have a podcast, which is called Dog Training Tips, which are just like tiny little tidbits. um, So usually five minutes or less. Um, So they can have a listen to that. You can also find me on Facebook or Instagram as Dogmanship Training um, or my website, which is dogmanshiptraining.com. Um, if they are interested in coming into the academy, they can watch a free introductory workshop, which sort of goes through it a little bit and takes them through what, what is actually in there, um, which they can find at dogmanshiptraining.com forward slash free. Okay, fantastic. That's and I'll put all of idea. those links in the description for everyone as well. So. Awesome. Thank you. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Is it all right if I steal your free intro mm. workshop idea? Of course. <laughs> of course. Thanks, man. <laughs> I mean, Legend. if I go in on my slides, your slides will be a bit <laughs> It's just hiding there. <laughs> I think just as you said that, I was like, it would be such a good idea for me to talk people through even like our application form yeah. and like, this is why we do what we do. And yeah, yeah that's a and good I idea. Think man. for me too, because people are skeptical now of online, um, it does sort of give them a first look at like, I actually have a face and, you know, like all You're real. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and yeah. send emails and stuff so they can re- ask me questions before they get started if they're stuck or want to know if something's yeah. included or whatever. Very helpful. Yeah. Good. Okay. All right. Good idea. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Bye. No worries. All right. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the podcast. If you're interested in studying with Therapy Dogs Australia or you have a few more questions before deciding, please get in touch with us by emailing courses at therapydog.com.au or visiting our website at www.therapydog.com.au for more information and FAQs.